Greetings and salutations to our fine, fine podcast audience. This is episode 116. Wow. Wow. We made it. Like that was a mindset. It was. We're done, y'all. We made it. We're done. (laughs) It's all. We've made it on this podcast. I think it's weekly. Every time we start, we're like, oh, look, we did it again. Are you (laughs) saying that we've made it to life? Like we're still alive? I'd like to say this. Hello, Sydney. She, I'm sure she appreciates that. <laughs> she, she texted me about she it. She texted me about it, too, so I just thought I'd say it again. All right. So you, anybody I'll, else you want to say hi to? There we was the somebody I was anybody? supposed to say something to. And you don't oh, remember. Oh, I do remember. This happened this morning. Hello, Bob Stoner. <laughs> Bob Stoner. Uh, oh, and he had a question. I'll think of it later. <laughs> or not. We do have a question, though. Let's oh, get to good. that question. <laughs> yeah, it's a better question. Ever, I have remembered remember. the question, Bob's question. Would you like to hear Bob's question? No, not right now. Oh, man. Hang on to it. Wow, you're that won't get happen. Me off, you're going to get me off script here. So, all right, for those of you who are new, um, I'm, my name's Jason. This is Ed. This is Nathan. We are the teaching team at Community Christian Church, and we come to you every week having conversations about how to think more like Jesus. Eventually. Eventually. (laughs) When we get done with all the detours that Ed sends me on. So today we have a question sent in by someone who watches, listens to us, which we find out we got more listeners than we thought. Ed did some analytics. I did, and it was revealing. But I don't you all don't need to know that. If you're listening, you know you're listening. And we're happy. We're happy. So don't quit just over the fact that I couldn't remember Bob's question. Glad to have you, Bob. Yes. So this is a question sent in a few weeks ago, and uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit today. So here's the question. Y'all ready? Yeah. Are you ready, Nathan? That's not you're asking. You ready? It's, it's Are you going to wait until I'm ready? I, I might have to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bill, could watch. you write Bob's question on the board <laughs> while we're waiting on Nathan? <laughs> All right. Nathan, ready or not, here's the question. Okay. I struggle to understand repentance. Some people have told me that it means to turn around, do a 180, and walk away and never do it again. Others have said uh, it is when I confess uh, every time that I do something wrong. What does repentance mean? Am I a Christian if I'm truly sorry and I'm making progress, but I can't say that I have walked away completely from this problem slash sin? Okay, so let's start here. I think this is where we ought to start. You're in charge. I am in charge. Let's start with a clear definition of what repentance is and what does repentance look like specifically in the life of someone who's following Jesus. Who wants to take a stab at that one? Well, they're right in that the word in Mm -hmm. Greek Mm -hmm. does mean to turn around. It does. So if we're just talking about what does the definition of the word, that's what If I remember correctly from my Greek training, it is a almost like a word picture. Right. When they would say the word, it would literally give them the picture of a person who's walking one direction and then does a flip turn 180 and then comes right. back the other it's direction. It's almost about face. About it's face. It's almost to the about face if you're in the military. Okay. So that is what the word literally means. That's right. So what does repentance look like for us who follow Jesus? So I think that, you know, Jesus comes. This is why this is important is when Jesus arrives and does ministry, he begins by saying, uh, the kingdom of God has drawn near, repent and believe this good news. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, what it means to repent is uh, to turn from a previous way of doing life Mm -hmm. into a new kingdom. Uh, The way Paul would say it is that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. 
uh, the new has come, right? The old is gone. Mm -hmm. And what he's referring to is, and he says just before that is, we no longer... We no longer look at anyone through a human point of view like we used to. And I think you can even take that and make it even bigger. So we just don't look at anything like we used to look at it. Yeah. We have uh, eyes that have not been trained to see the kingdom of God. We have ears that have not been trained to hear what God is doing. And so um, I think it was probably more clear when you were with Jesus that Jesus clearly did and said and saw things and interacted in the world in such a way that people are like, oh, it's almost like he's perceiving something we're not perceiving. Mm. It's like he's he's interacting on a level that we're not interacting on. And I think we get glimpses of that from very kingdom-like people. Uh, we mentioned people like Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, that there's something about Mr. Rogers and the way that he interacted in the world that you look at and you just go, well, that, That's wow. different. Well, it's different. And you see it and you say... You know that he has to perceive and think about things on a fundamental level in a way that I don't. Okay. That he sees mm -hmm. children in a way that I don't. That he sees, um, you know, anger and and, pro and world problems in a way that I don't. And I think, you know, when you read biographies of Mister Rogers, that's that's formed from a lifetime of mm -hmm. discipleship to Jesus. Right. So when it comes to repentance, it's on a very fundamental level. Everything I thought interacted, uh, did anything has to be rethought, the way I do mm -hmm. business, the way I do relationships, that it is truly, like Jesus would say, being born again, becoming yeah. like a child, that I'm now born into a new kingdom where my previous ways of, of doing anything are no longer applicable. It's, it reminds me of that phrase we say here all the time, is, is I've come to believe that Jesus is right about everything. Yeah. And so now his way of thinking, his way of interacting with people, the world, everything, like you said, has now become my way of doing it. Well, and I think even to take that even a step further, mm -hmm. it's Jesus is right about everything, and everything I do is suspect. <laughs> yep. That I should not assume that Jesus just lines up. Doesn't mean that everything I'm doing is wrong, because yeah. that, you know, there's a phrase often not necessarily, uh, there's a phrase I think Catholics use it the most of, there's common grace that just goes to all people, mm -hmm. right, that, that God has given us a moral conscience, these kind of things that, so there are things that all people kind of agree are right and wrong, but everything should be suspect. Mm -hmm. The way that I, the assumptions I make about people, the assumptions I make about the way the world works, all of those things should be doubted and suspect unless they have directly come from Jesus. And then the things that I think, the things I I op way I operate in the world, I then submit that and go, now how would a kingdom-minded person, as you said at the beginning of this podcast, I want to mm -hmm. think like Jesus, mm -hmm. that requires me to think through all that, my emotions, my actions, everything. And so that's how I see repentance, which doesn't mean, and I don't know, maybe there's more we need to say about repentance, but I don't think to, to answer the person's question, that doesn't mean I get it right every time. Sure. No. Well, yeah, that that was the second part of the conversation I wanted to have because I think going back over this question and looking at it, and I think you did a great job of uh, giving us a picture of repentance there, Nathan, but I really believe um, that the, the, the question asker, <laughs> whoever this is, um, really wants to know, the question is, if I keep struggling with the same sin, does that say something about me as a Christian? Uh, because it, it sounded that way to me as they talked about it Um I've, I've, I believe that I've repented of this sin, but it keeps coming up. What does that say about me? It does say something about you. I will say mm -hmm. that. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily, if we 
take out the part of it says something about me as a Christian. Mm. It says something about me. There are sins that have gotten so deeply ingrained in my body, my mind, they are habitual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm going to have to not just decide I'm done with those. Mm. I'm going to have to put some structures in my place, and I may have to do some even harder work around of why do I even want to do this thing that I don't really want to do? Why do I wind up doing this thing mm-hmm. that I then later go, I feel so bad I did that again. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of my will, which we often want to attack it at the... Will is, a, is not as strong as we think it is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to put some structures in my place. I thought one of the things that Nathan said uh, when he said, you know, the old's gone the new has come, we have to be born again. Everybody accepts a baby, and, and the good part is the baby also knows to a point, I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> They're curious about everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're trying to examine everything to learn everything. The problem with spiritual rebirth is we're only curious about the things most people I have seen that had caused us problems. Mm-hmm. Or things that we want to get or done stuff, better. Stuff that's causing me pain yes. and I want to stop the pain. Or things I hope I can get that I wasn't getting in the other thing. But the truth is we need to relearn everything. And it's not just I need to stop this behavior. I need to begin to think about what was the emotion behind it or the thought behind it mm-hmm. that may still be habitual in my body that mm-hmm. I've got to put some structures around mm-hmm. to... Uh, to combat that. It's why the 12 steps work so well for things that people want to break out because it goes through, I do, I realize I can't do anything over this. You know, that's the very first thing. I have to admit, I have no power over this, so I'm going to bring this to God. And I go through all of that, but eventually I get just down to the minute level of, I'm going to do a fearless moral inventory of every area of my life, not just the part about drinking or doing drugs. Because there are things behind that that I need to get rid of character flaws. The tough part is most people with whatever the thing is, we focus so much on the thing, we don't get to the thing behind the thing. Mm-hmm. There is a thing behind it yeah. that I've got to work on. And so you may have truly repented. Uh, you come to Christ, and the good part about coming to Christ is and saying, I want your way. I want to be a part of the kingdom, is if you continue to cooperate with him, he will lead you in all of that. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't condemn you on the basis of your sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, know that, that, I know there are people that just were listening there that think I'm now a heretic. But, you know. Well, no, I think, that, I think that's the nature of it, right? So you talk about children, and I think when you have, I think when you have young children, you're trying to teach them something. I don't know. I don't know if your kids were this way, but my kids are very much in the thing of um, they're learning to read, and they're learning to tie their shoes, and they're learning to do these things. And there is such intense frustration that they feel mm. over that I can't just do it. Yeah. It's so easy for you. You just do it, mm-hmm. and trying to even explain to them, well, I had to practice over and over. That's right. I had to practice. Doesn't matter. They feel, and they go from just frustration. I have one child who goes from frustration to self-deprecation uh, to right, a place yeah, of right. I am now worthless because all my sisters can do this and I can't do this. And trying to explain it, I said to them one day, you know, you're at a place. Actually, I had a, what, even a, a better example. I had a 
child who just they just lost it in a in a situation and I said and they said I just feel like I'm really bad and mm. I said I said that's I said that is not ever the voice of Jesus speaking to you even when Jesus is calling you towards repentance it's never you're so bad it's always this call towards what what is better for you let's mm. move towards what's better and this behavior is damaging to you and it's damaging to other people so what I I didn't get into that with them what I said to them was but see, you would never know that yelling at your sister didn't didn't produce what you, I didn't say produce, but I said, you know, didn't do what you wanted it to do until you did it. I said there was no way to get to a place where you could grow through this, and that's the grace that God has for us. Right. So you bang your head up against the wall, like you said, and you go, oh, I repent of that. I shouldn't do that. Well, then you eventually learn just saying I shouldn't do something's not enough because you bang your head up against the wall again. And you go, why is it mm-hmm. that I keep doing this? And unfortunately, what happens too much for most Christians is we go, well, grace covers it. That's enough. And we just stay there. We keep banging our head up against the wall and going, God's going to cover my boo-boos, so it's going to be okay. And I just keep banging my head. But what repentance is, is that, like you said, I go in and I just go, let me get suspect about everything Every I think. Every part of it. Everything I think and everything that I do uh, and assume, like a child, I'm not going to know how to do this. And there is a joy in that, even in the failings, even in even in the... Uh, even in the times where I'm doing damage to myself, that I go, well, look, that God is picking me up here. That I am, I am, I am finding Christ in the middle of this. It really does become, at least for me, the thing has been when I'm in a place where I need Jesus and I am dependent on Jesus. Maybe I failed, and maybe I've done damage to myself. Maybe I've done damage to another person, and that by itself is a terrible thing. But the fact that now in this moment I get to meet Christ is an act of repentance. The act of me moving towards Christ and saying in this moment I'm not going to do what I've always done before. I'm not going to double down on my failure. I'm not going to defend it and lie about it to myself. I'm not going to hide it. I'm going to be open and humble and beg for mercy from Christ. All of those things are an opportunity for me to meet Jesus. And if I will allow him to, like you said, he will meet me in those moments. So the answer I don't think is, like we've already said, I don't think the answer is you haven't repent, truly repented if you do it again. I will say you have not fully repented. You have not, because mm-hmm. repentance is a process. It's an again sure. and again. Yeah. I bang my head and I go, ooh, mm, if I yeah. lean well, into Well, the, the process of rethinking is a continual process. Yes. Oh, yeah. And maybe I won't be done this side of eternity. Maybe, as Paul said, Christ Jesus is going to finish his work. He's going to keep working on me uh, until it's done. And one of my favorite worship songs, it's not one we do around here. I occasionally do it on our morning prayer time is one where there's just this repeat at the end where he just says, he's not finished with me. You're not finished with me yet. That is so important to me. There's a joy in that. Although in my own life, I have seen so much growth, and there are mm-hmm. so many things I look back on and go, thank God my children don't have to put up with that Nathan from, from 10 years ago. They don't have to do that. Knowing currently they're putting up with a Nathan with that in Nathan 10 years, yeah. I'll go, oh, I hate that they had to. But knowing there was no way for me to get from Nathan, there's no way that Nathan at 30 can be Nathan at 50. Right, mm-hmm. that's right. There's a grace in that. And that's, that isn't to excuse bad things or to not rethink those behaviors. It honestly is an acceptance that I'm not and, Christ. Yeah. And all three of us are dads. So 
there's a joy that you felt in struggling with your kid when they were three and they were messing up yeah. and at eight when they couldn't tie their shoes mm -hmm. and at 10 and you look back at it fondly, you wouldn't want them to be 30 and still not. Right. There would, the That's joy right. would be gone from it. Right. But there are always things you're sharing with. It's the relationship. And that's yes. the fact that you know, I want to be in relationship with Jesus. And I want to be done with this. Mm -hmm. It indicates that you are in relationship with him. Because yeah, there yeah, was yeah. a time in your life where you didn't care. Yeah. If, if it didn't bother you, that would say something. Yeah, that would say something yeah. else. Yeah. Well, and I remember this was more than a few years ago. I was sitting with a guy. Uh, porn addiction is a part of my past, and I was talking to another much older man who had the same struggle. And he said to me, he said, "You know, you're at a place right now that, in some in some senses, at that time, it was still very much a struggle for me." And he said, "He goes, and this will sound wrong to you." He said, "But there are times I really envy the place you're at." And I said, "That doesn't make sense." And he said. Um, when you are at a place where you admit you are you are helpless to control yourself, the dependence you feel on God in that moment, he goes, there is a sweetness to that dependence. He said that if that when you're not in those moments, you eventually get to, he goes, you have to really work to foster that kind of dependence. And what it did for me in that moment of understanding repentance, it was very helpful. It's been very formative to me is even in those moments when I bang my head up against the wall, uh, even though obviously Christ is disappointed that I have done damage to myself and I'm not living to my fullest, there's a way that Christ draws near to me in that moment, that that itself, there's a joy in that. And so, so often I hear when we talk about repentance, and I feel this in this question, the focus on repentance gets placed on sin mm -hmm. and the behavior, and the focus should always be on Jesus mm -hmm. because the goal is Jesus should be our treasure and our prize. And even when we sin, the next moment can be a moment where I turn back into relation. I think that is why Jesus says to the guy on the cross, today you'll be with me mm -hmm. in paradise. It's not the question, because I have people say this, is well, then everyone should just do a deathbed confession. Mm -hmm. Wait till, That's not the point. Mm -hmm. The point is that Jesus says anybody who wants intimate relationship with the Father, Son, and Spirit. You can have it like that. It's just literally, it's as if God is your shadow. He's directly, and if you would just turn around, oh, he's there right he there. He wasn't that far. You just, your face was turned from him. And in sin, my face is turned. So even the next moment, I think it was uh, Henry Nowen who said, when you've, when you've grown a lot through a problem, and then you sin, most people think, God, I'm back at square one. I did all that work. And he said, the best thing you can think is, he goes, think about it going on a long journey. You pulled off on the side of the road for a moment. He goes, but you didn't lose all the stuff you've done before. Right. Yeah, you right. get right back onto the road. And I think even in that, so if you're in a place, if like Jason said, I, I certainly hear that kind of wrestling people yeah, in this question because I know I've been there before. Maybe I'm not really a believer because I keep wrestling with this. If you take the focus of repentance off of your sin, and how bad and horrible you are because you can't do this sin, and you put your focus on, I want to be as close to Jesus as I can, It, believe it or not, it actually helps you take steps away from sin because Jesus isn't with your sin. Jesus is Jesus mm -hmm. is on the other side. So, well, and that's eventually where Paul gets to in Romans when he, he says the same thing Ed just said of, why is it that I keep doing the right. thing that I don't want to do? Right. And then you'll notice the way he wraps that whole section up Chapter seven, I think. Yep, seven. He says, uh, you know, well, thanks, 
be to God, you know, who rescues me from, you know, and he puts the focus back, you said, Nathan, back on Jesus. He's the one that, you know, if my attention is turned towards, then even if I still keep doing the things that I don't want to do, um, I I have hope in that. Well, and that's Paul's answer in Romans 8. Romans 7 is Paul saying, this is where where I'm at. Then he goes to Romans 8 and he goes, but now there's no No condemnation. And he goes, and the mind controlled by the Spirit, the Mm -hmm. mind set on the Spirit, there's life there. He goes, but when you set your mind on the law and what he means, Mm -hmm. what he's really talking about is the sin. I'm focused on the rule that I keep breaking. Mm -hmm. That's just going to lead you to death. That's right. Well, and I'll just say, this isn't the heart of this question, but I certainly have lived, I guess all of us have, but... My, most of my younger years in church were around the idea of repentance means you're done with it, mm. and if you keep going back to it, man, you, you're just not doing it. It means you you didn't really do it. You didn't really do it the first, time. Really it the first do it again. time. So what happens in those environments is, unfortunately, all the things that are deeply wound into our body and our habits get shoved down, and we lie about. Mm-hmm. which adds a sin on top of that. Because I can't confess that in, in Christian fellowship that I struggle again with this because then they're going to take me back to repentance and I thought I did it before, yeah. but obviously I'm not with Jesus and I can cry over it and I can try again. And so the only things that ever get confessed are things that I can be immediately, uh, <laughs> I can be successful at so that everybody's always overcoming and everybody's yeah. always victorious and everything's always great. And if you really believe in Jesus, you overcome these sins that are these sins that just, they're, they're sins. I don't mean that. But they're yeah. just not at the same level of some deeply ingrained, yeah. you know, sins that you have to walk with the Lord through. Mm-hmm. And you have to lean into. And it is going to, there are going to be some that you're going to fight. You're just going to fight. Yeah. And, and some you will fight to your last breath. Right. Yeah. And that's why we say around here all the time, you don't have to fake anything with that's us. Right. You don't have to act like you're better than you are. You don't have to act like you're worse than you are either. But you just you can come as you are and know that we are also right there. And the truth is, really the only way through and the only way to struggle with those things is to be honest about them. Right. That's something that has... I think that might be the lesson that Jesus has been teaching me strongest over the last three to five years is my level of vulnerability and honesty in Christian community. Um, and it's still not where I feel like he is leading me to because mm-hmm. um, I'm still yeah, struggling you're working with on, you're that. Working on it. Yeah, and I can remember the first time I ever worked in, when we teach on stage, when I worked into a message, a moment where I was, I was confessing some stuff that I was going through or dealing with at the time, some junk that was in me, some sin that was in me. And it was it was hard. And, and I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. And I remember when I finally pushed through and I did it, I, I heard so much response to that. People going, I had no idea. that, that You said some of the things that I had been thinking, right. and I didn't know if it was okay to say that. And... It reminded me that, like you said, Ed, we, we, we fostered this community in the church where we only confess the things that are appropriate to confess. Yes. Yeah. And 
we stay locked. I in. get angry in traffic. Yeah. I got angry at mm-hmm. a customer service person. Yeah. If I go to another church and the guy stands up, I'm gonna tell y'all something really mm-hmm. the other day. Oh my, I got the guy wanted to give me <laughs> vanilla ice cream and I'd order strawberry and man, I just went, Oh, oh my and then I said, That's not right, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, That's your confession? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good day for me. I'm writing that up. I know. It's a successful yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> so my point is, I, we've created this part of our, unfortunately, a part of Christian community has been created around a, a, a practice that actually keeps us stuck. Yeah. In yes. in these sins, a lot of times, and so I think that's something that I would encourage whoever asked the question to do. I would wonder how how much of that problem that you you mentioned specifically that you keep going back to how much of that has been brought into the light yeah mm-hmm. uh, with with a with a community of believers that love you and care for you um, because it's been my experience that um, the more that I have shared about the darkness in me the more light has been brought to it the more love and grace and community I have received from others and from from Jesus, but that's part of His plan. Oh well. yeah, that's His plan. Um, and then when I receive grace in that moment from Him and from others, it it is a great, great motivator for me to change my habits and to root that out of my body and my spirit, so that I can be done with it. It actually has changed my wanter quite that's a bit. Right. And so that would be something that I would ask you if you were here. I, I would say, have you, have you confessed it to another believer? Is, is it in the light? Um, my guess is the more it, it's probably not as much as it should be, and so the more you would bring it into the light, the better off you'd yep. be. And if you bring it into the light and what you receive from the other person is condemnation and shame, mm. it doesn't mean you did anything wrong. That's right. Mm-hmm. You, you're just not with a person you should try that again with. It's That's why right. there's a huge benefit. There's some downsides to having groups that require 12 steps, but one of the benefits is, is you know you're going to walk in and say, mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Ed, I'm an alcoholic, and people are going to joyfully say, mm-hmm. Hi, Ed. I, yeah, I just had a lady, it reminded me of that, just had a lady in our church, and I won't go into any specifics, but she sent a, t- a text to me and said, this is the first time I've ever told anybody this. And then she um, described a struggle that she has been going through. And um, I honestly didn't, I didn't think it was that earth shattering, but I immediately uh, responded back with no condemnation, grace and love and told her, thank you for sharing that. We're gonna keep moving forward. Well, I saw this person uh, in person uh, after that and I had almost forgotten about it, to be honest. And she comes up to me and she gives me this big hug and she goes, thank you for receiving me the way that you did. Right. And and it and from when she said that, I went, oh, she's talking about that revealing text she sent to me that one time. And it had been weeks, but it was still for her a very real That's moment. Right. And and she's doing well from what I, what I can tell. And I, it was a reminder to me of that, that importance of receiving grace and that non-condemnation from other people that I think Jesus works through in his church. So, you know, I can't, can't emphasize what Ed said more. If you don't receive condemnation, what you just received was not of Jesus. Right. Because it's very clear. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, period. Stop the sentence right there. That's right. So, so I would encourage you. It's going to be really hard, but you should try again. Mm. You should really... You should try again with someone because there is healing that 
when he says confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. It's a really important command that we don't practice near enough. Mm -hmm. That uh, There's a power in saying to another person, this is who I am, and them going, hey, there's no condemnation in that. Mm -hmm. I love you, and Jesus loves you. And if you need somebody, you don't have somebody to do that with, we're here. Yep. You, we, we would certainly be that for you if you need to, whoever asks this question. So yep. we'll end on that note. Hope that was helpful. And you can get in touch with us. Uh, you can shoot us an email, contact us through the website, whatever you need to do. So quick like, subscribe, all those things all we're supposed stuff. to do. We want do all, all those stuff. things to happen, you know. Do all this stuff. I'm, I'm into analytics now. I know you are, (laughs) and we're all afraid. That's not new. No, that's not new. You still remember the question? I do, but we'll we'll do it on another podcast. I know we will. That's why I'm asking. So will you tell me? This moment, I remember, and I will write it down, and we will include it. Okay. All right. So y'all have a good week. We'll see you again next Tuesday.